going on, guys? AJ here back again with another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. Um, I'm opening up my, my document here. I've been slowly but surely just making a big kind of master list of a lot of different ideas, tips, tactics, tools, resources that I've been trying to just create and put together here that I'm just a big fan of that I hope at some point it can uh, help you guys out. And for me, I also make this kind of list is because I just like to get my ideas out. Um, I'm also kind of putting this list together and, and some of these tools and tactics and tips together for when I potentially go back in internal as a head of people, if that ever happens. And so um, just want to talk to you guys about some. I'm literally just scrolling through the list here and just going to pull some off randomly and just kind of make a, a big melting pot of employee experience tips and advice. And and a lot of it, again, will be for the startup and mid, mid-sized company level and growth organization level. Um, yep. Yeah, so here we go. Um, the first thing. So I think I made a podcast episode about this a bit, maybe 15 or 20 episodes ago. I, I need to do a better job of remembering what exact episode number it was. But um, Adam Grant was on a podcast uh, a bit ago, and he was talking about how he genuinely believes in offboarding, but he doesn't understand one piece of the offboarding process. And it was the, the survey or the one-to-one actual conversation executives have with those employees leaving. And the question says this, you know, what, uh, you know, essentially it's, you know, what could, what could we have done better to, to, to help you stay? What, what could we have done better to engage you more? What could we have done better to, uh, to pretty much not have you want to walk away from this company voluntarily, right? Um, and for me, well, to him, you know, for, for Grant, I'll give him kind of the tip of the hat. I was going to say for me, but it's really, you know, Grant's uh, suggestion around, he doesn't understand why that question is asked during the offboarding process. It's like, it's like, why would you ask why your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife is leaving you when they're actually on their way out of the door, when you could have been asking the question the second that you saw they were unhappy and you could have been more proactive to solve the problems. And so he was saying the question that you may ask during an offboarding, why don't you pop those up to like 90 days into their role, you know, six months into their role, two years into their role, one year into their role. Like, why don't you ask those questions consistently day in and day out, month in and month out, quarter in and quarter out to try to try to genuinely understand what those problems are and he started going down really the rabbit hole of 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 the managers right like i'm not seeing enough companies and organizations uh, in a very safe way uh bring in employees that are led by certain managers and just really unpacking what's going wrong like unpacking the depths of the details like you know from communication styles to workflows to lack of development to um lack of contextual communication to lack of uh lack of psychological safety like trying to genuinely unpack what the hell is really happening day to day with the interactions with managers and solving those problems proactively not waiting not saying thank you for the data not saying thank you for the update genuinely taking those employees word and and making some true change there's too many moments where number one they companies are doing what adam grant talks about which is they literally wait until those those individuals are walking out of the organization and then asking what could we have done better number one that's what they're, they're, they're doing which is wrong Number two, what they're doing, which is wrong, is even when they're asking the employees, what can we do better? What, what's management doing that we don't know about or could be a little bit uh, a little bit more supportive for you guys to create a better experience? They're taking that data 
they're bringing it back to management and then they're allowing management to push back. They're allowing management to say, no, that's bullshit or no, that's not right or no, this is what actually happened. And for me, I'm always in that employee's first mindset. Not that I'm always going to assume that what an employee says is 100% correct, but at the end of the day, that is their experience, that is the reality. So here's what I mean by that. If an employee tells me that at the end of the day, they're not getting enough contextual development where they don't feel psychologically safe to go to their to go to go their manager, ask for help, ask for feedback, it could be around every time that they do, the manager is not available. It could be around every time that they do, the manager never has any true, tangible, really good bits of advice, whatever the, whatever the response is. What I'm realizing is this, even if that employee is, let's call it drastically bullshitting it, there's some level of truth in it. And the truth that we need to pay attention to is they are not happy, they are not developing, they are not bringing the organization what it needs. And at some point, this talented, well-spoken, competent, amazing potential employee that we could have is going to inevitably turn into uh, 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 speaking badly about the organization, not engage, not fully locked in, and eventually we'll walk outside the doors of this organization. And that's not going to be good for us. It's not going to be good for them. And so for me, I'm always trying to take what the employees say, and I'm trying to find the silver linings of what could be true. Everything is not going to be fully, fully true, but something in there is truth, right? Something in there is going to ring true long-term with that manager or with that executive or with the company overall. I just genuinely believe human beings are not just out to be negative. I believe if there is a great experience that they're feeling, they will tell you. And if they're telling you something different, then it's our job to be investigative and really dive deeper into understanding what those things are and to make changes. Also throughout that process, you have to track this data. So just because Sally says it one time out of 100 employees doesn't always mean that we need to dive completely down the rabbit hole and make changes at a macro level. But if Sally says it and Andrew says it and David says it and Sydney says it and Sarah says it, Derek says it and like the list can go on and on of all the different people that say it, there's something we need to pay attention to. So that's number one, very remedial, very elementary tip here, guys, but something that again, so many companies just missing the mark on. And again, so many companies are bringing their ego behavior wise to the table. Employees, yes, they may exaggerate. Yes, they they may be emotional. Yes, they may be in their feelings. But at the end of the day, there are some levels of silver linings and truth that we need to extract uh, and, and truth that we need to really unpack and look at and hold on to. And whatever that is, whether it's 5% of truth or 8% of truth or 85% of truth, there's something there that we can look at and say, is this an isolated moment or are there other individuals within this organization, <clears throat> excuse me, that may have similar feelings or similar perspectives or similar data? So that's number one that I'm really, really, really passionate about. Another thing is kind of talent gaps. Um, at the startup level, I think this is incredibly important to try to really have some processes and systems around understanding what those talent gaps are. So without getting into the, the, the true definition of a talent gap, let me kind of jump to the strategic punchline here. Um, whatever you're trying to accomplish, right, financially, whether that's sell more, sell more product, build new partnerships that are gonna get you closer to selling more product, um, whatever it's gonna be, whatever the objective metric end goal of the organization is for this quarter, for this year, for the next 10 years, or at a macro level overall, it takes human beings to do that. It takes talent within your organization to do that. And if you're having talent gaps, what I implore every single scrappy, 
10-person startup, 100-person startup, 300-person startup, is to look internally and figure out who in your organization right now may have skills that you did not know about, right? Talent gaps. You may have the people inside your organization right now that can fill those gaps. I always talk about Naya with my previous startup, and I always knew coming into the organization because I asked the questions and I really got down to the center and the core of who Naya was and who he is currently is that he really wanted to get more into content development, blogging, auto, you know, writing articles, you know, being a journalist, if you will. And so we knew at the time creating our macro PR initiatives was going to be something that we really needed to focus on. That was a talent gap. That talent gap, if closed, was going to allow us to have more PR. If we were having more PR and more journals and more articles and more PR and more exposure, that was going to allow us to get more funding. That was going to allow us to attract higher quality and higher levels of talent. Now, for us, cash was was very scrappy. Cash was very tight. And so for me, my first reaction was, let me not go out and try to figure out externally what partner we can connect with, or at the end of the day, what uh, what individual we can bring into the organization to do these things. I decided to look internal and figure out who inside this company right now can solve this gap. And this is a consistent thing that every single startup, in my personal opinion, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, are missing the boat on. Missing the boat on. People inside of your organization right now, for a fact, can solve and fill the talent gaps that you may or may not be having. This is something that is consistent across the board. I don't care if this is in operations, I don't care if this is in tech, I don't care if this is in product, I don't care if this is in marketing, I don't care if this is in HR, I don't care if this is, is if this is at the leadership level, I don't care where it is, there are individuals inside of your company that can fill those gaps. Now, how you understand that is by having these conversations. It took consistent amounts of one-on-ones, it took psychological safety, it took me sitting down and looking Naya directly in his eyes and saying, Naya, I'm a, I'm a genie, I'm a magician. I am freaking the guy from Aladdin. I can make anything in your life come true. What is it that you actually want to do? What is going to make your life long-term successful, amazing? What's going to allow you to just wake up each day motivated to get to work? He talked to me about his writing aspirations. He talked to me about his aspirations of, 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 of journaling and being a journalist and really getting more into the PR side of an organization. And again, I knew that was a potential talent gap and I knew that was a potential initiative that we wanted to kind of roll out longer term on behalf of the organization. And so instead of going out and trying to find someone, instead of spending money that we did not have, I decided to really double down on Naya, really double down on who he is, really double down on understanding where he's coming from and what he desired and what he needed. And I doubled down to make that happen for him and I doubled down to make sure that happened for the organization. So again, that is another aspect that um, that I just think is is is, is not uh, is not being uh, activated and not being operationalized enough at the startup level. Last thing, growth plans. Now, growth plans. I'm talking about connecting to um, how we're des- uh, designing new growth opportunities uh, for for employees internally. Now, this again is a very similar example that that I just gave you guys pertaining to Naya, but here's a little bit of a different caveat to it. There are so many employees right now in your organization at the startup level that may be in certain departments that they have a desire to grow into another department. And most companies, again, startup level, mid to small size level that I'm seeing, they do not have any structural plans, operational plans of how they're going to navigate or shift 
or mold employees to move throughout the company and be me new I can't even talk here and be mobile and have mobility. I'm not seeing that too often here and I need to see more of you guys. And so for me, when I think about these things and I think about growth plans when I think about mobility, when I think about being flexible, I go right back to actually knowing where they want to go and having no ego involved. I'm all about shadowing. I'm all about having someone having a two week stint or a week stint in a different in a different department completely. I'm all about baking it into their day to day, not having them do it um at an off hours in the evenings, not having them do it on the weekends. I'm all about having them do it in real time, guys. And so for me, I believe there needs to be a growth plan connected to that. So if you want to increase your capabilities as an organization, I guarantee you have people inside of your company right now that can drive those boats, that can switch and jump into sales, that can switch and jump into PR and marketing, that can switch and jump over into communications, that can switch and jump over to your product team. There's a lot of people inside of your organizations right now, guys, that are not doing exactly what they wanted to do long term. They're doing things that they just needed to do to pay the bills. They're doing things because it was an entry level job and they wanted to get their, you know, their foot into the door because they love your organization from afar and at a macro level, but they are not doing things that they inevitably want to do long term. And for you as an organization, as a head of people, as an executive team, it is your job to figure out exactly what those growth plans are going to be for those employees at a very intentional, proactive level. So that means having the one-on-ones and scheduling those one-on-ones and sticking to those one-on-ones and asking those big, lofty, amazing, motivational, kind of aspirational, energetic questions around, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? How do you want to get there? What can we do to help you get there? What can we do to put you in these areas, put you in these moats, if you will, put you in the sales department, put you in the product department, put you in the marketing department, put you in the communications department, jump you over into HR if that's what you want to do, jump you over into finance if that's what you want to do. We want to put you in the best positions for you long term to win, for us to benefit from that as well. And again, the process around it, the system around it is having the one-on-ones, taking detailed notes inside of the one-on-ones, having no ego involved when you're heading into those one-on-ones around trying to navigate them where they want to be, allow them to navigate themselves where they're naturally going to want to be, putting an IDP plan together post that meeting, allowing them to actually jump into those buckets of the organizations and setting up those mentorship kind of communications and relationships so it's actually a good stint a good use of their time setting up feedback moments where they can give you feedback around their experience there and really figuring out connected to the idp plan what's going to be the timing what do they need to learn who do they need to learn from who do they need to you know communicate and engage with and collaborate with how long is it going to take them to learn that is there anything external that they need to continue to learn behind the scenes as they're still kind of shifting and molding and being mobile within the organization month by month, quarter by quarter, whatever the case is going to be. So you have to operationalize these things. So that's the plan, right? When I say a growth plan, when I say have a, have a, have an operation connected to how you're going to have the mobility within your organization, allow individuals to grow throughout your organization. You have to actually have a plan and an operation and a system to it that you stick to, that you hold leaders accountable to, that you hold heads of people accountable to, that you hold managers accountable to. And so, again, at the startup level, I'm all about growing and moving and and developing fast and, and doing a lot of different things. But for me, the more 
the faster you can put plans in place, the faster you can put systems in place, the faster you can prioritize those systems and those plans and make them operational and make them something that you actually stick to, the better, the good, the the positive things that can happen, guys. I guarantee this will bring a lot more of a a beneficial experience for your employees and uh, for the organization, you'll have a lot of good things that will happen. You will have employees that are engaged, you will have employees that fill those talent gaps, you will have those employees that are mobile and flexible that can jump into different departments, you will have employees that truly are knowledgeable about certain elements of the organization that will inevitably hit your bottom line at some point. Just a lot of good things that can happen, guys. It can save you money, it can save you time, it can help you grow, and it can just help you be a better all overall startup and growth organization. So hopefully you have a shot at being a big organization at some point. So a lot of the tips today were very remedial, very simple, very simplistic, very basic, probably a little bit of a boring episode today, but I believe in all these tips the most and um, hope you guys uh, paid attention. So thank you. I don't know if this is valuable, but I think it was. And I know for a fact, more startups and growth organizations need to listen to this episode, particularly because there's a lot of good things here that are simple, but if you put them to action, a lot of good things can happen. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you.